0: in apex north carolina stay tuned at the end of the program we will give you information on how to contact us so be sure to have a pen and paper ready today pastor rodney will be teaching from the book of john chapter 5 so grab your bibles and follow along now with today's teaching here's pastor rodney notice
1: in verse 6 and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. Jesus saw him and knew that he had been in that condition for 38 years. So in this sea of desperate, disabled, diseased people, Jesus' eyes look around and surveys the massive suffering, needy, hopeless humanity, and then Jesus' eyes rest, did you get this, on one man and he knows something about him. And then Jesus walks up to him and says, do you want to be made well? Jesus knew this man had been laying there for 38 years, 456 consecutive months of waiting, 13,680 days of getting beat to the water, 38 years of waiting by the pool, this man now looked like a pool fixture. This man had been lying there, sick, 38 years, and listen, There is a medical condition in the medical community, and if you're a doctor, you know this, called neurosemia. Neurosemia is a condition of the brain. The brain is unable to communicate with the limbs to allow them to function, and then the limbs would atrophy because there's a neurological problem. Sir Isaac Newton, first law of motion, states, everything continues in a state of rest until it is compelled to change by forces impressed upon it. Well, listen, Jesus, by his omnipotent power, is going to impress change upon this man and heal him miraculously. Now, why did Jesus, question, why did Jesus heal this one man? Why this one man? I don't know. Wasn't that deep, profound? I don't know. It could be that Jesus met someone who, ask him for a favor. It could be Jesus knew this man was lying there for 38 years, and Jesus simply, as he always does, has compassion on him. Somebody say amen. We all know one of the striking things about the ministry of Jesus is compassion. Memory verse, Lamentations 3, 22 through 24. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions, anybody know? fails not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I hope in him. For compassion, Jesus chooses to go to the pool. He didn't have to. Jesus knew what he was doing. He knew where he was going. He knew he was going to the pool the same way he went to Samaria to find a woman. Were you with me in chapter four? The same way he went to the woman in Samaria he knew where he was going the same way that he went to sign-seeking prophet-rejecting Galilee to find a kingly official with a sick son. Jesus always moves and always moves toward need, not comfort. Jesus moves toward the brokenhearted sinners, not self-righteous. Jesus said, do you want to be made whole? And keep in mind, the man... listen the man did not ask to be healed, which that's a whole sermon in and of itself. For all the folk that say, oh, well, you need to believe it, name it, claim it, blab it, grab it. You need to be by faith. You won't be healed unless you have faith. You got to add the on there where it's not Meaningful. This man didn't ask for healing. This man didn't even know who Jesus was. Did y'all get that? Jesus wasn't wearing a name badge. He wasn't wearing a sign like they do at the airport. You know, when you come off the escalator and the people are picking you up, they got the sign right there and it's like, Jesus. The man didn't know who Jesus was. Jesus asked this invalid for 38 years. He says, do you want to be made whole? Now, what kind of question is that to ask a man who has been lame for 38 years? Jesus asked the same question on three other occasions. In the interest of time, just let me give you the verses, and you go look them up in yourself, okay? Matthew chapter 20, verse 21, go look that up on your own. Again, Jesus asked the same kind of question three other times in the gospel. Matthew 20, 21. Luke eighteen forty two, and John chapter 1, verse 38. Matthew 20, 21, Luke 18, 42, John 1, 38, and here in our text, Jesus says to the man, do you want to be made well? Seems like an odd question, but we know Jesus never asked a question for no reason. So when Jesus asks a question, it's important for this man to answer. If for no other reason for this man to answer the question for himself. Do you really want to be made well? Jesus wants, listen, look at me. Jesus wants the man to hear his own answer. You ever ask somebody a question? No, somebody asks you something and and they say something to you and you go, you know what? Stop right there. I want you to repeat that same question, but this time listen to yourself and listen how crazy you sound. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? I'm going to try it again. Y'all don't hear me. Let me try it again. You ever ask somebody and they say, it's like how crazy you sound to ask that. Jesus wants the man to answer his own. Do you want to be made well? It's entirely possible that this guy does not want to really be changed. Think about it. For this man to change means he has to give up some things. For 38 years, he's been a beggar. For 38 years, this man's lived off the pity of others. For 38 years, this man probably made a decent living. I was reading this study, and it was talking about panhandlers. Y'all know what a the panhandler is? Panhandlers, that's an old word, isn't it? But they call them panhandlers because they handle a pan. And they hold out a pan and ask you for money. You know, the guys like out there on South Point, they be like out there... I bet you those guys got all kind of money. Every time I drive up, I think, you know what? You probably got all kind of money. You just trying to look poor. You got more money than me. You need to give me some. Money. I'm put my hand out the window. <laughs> my people add. You ever thought about that? Things that make you go, hmm. Put my hand out the window. I'm gonna put my that. You give me some money. I was reading this one thing, and it was saying that these guys, these panhandlers, they make like 50 to 100 bucks a day. Just stand, Look, that's good money, y'all. I don't care which, which, which way you dice it, get into, slice it, I don't know, but that's a lot of money. 100 bucks, all you doing is standing there doing this? And it and said that if you have a baby and a woman, that she makes like 100 to $200 a day. So she makes more. That is a lot money per day. I'm in the wrong job. (laughs) I could be doing nothing and getting 200 bucks a day. So it could be this man doesn't want to change. If he's healed, he'll have to live on his own. If he's healed, he'll have to be responsible for himself. It would be like a person who's used to welfare. Huh? But now they got to get a job. Listen, to be healed meant to... uh, enter an entirely new life. I heard this story about a man who didn't want to be drafted, so to avoid the draft, he pulled all his teeth out of his mouth to make himself unfit for military duty. And when he took the physical, he was declared unfit for duty because he had flat feet. (laughs) Cute idiot. I had a V8. (laughs) It's like, what? The man in our story had to learn to live like this. He wasn't seeking God or calling out to God. So Jesus asked the question, do you want to be made well? Jesus didn't say, do you have the willpower to be made well? Jesus didn't say, do you have the capability? But do you have a desire? Do you want to? In my 25 years of ministry, I've seen a lot of crippled people by one thing or another. And I've seen a lot of people who have spiritual neurosemia. And they're bound in troubles and struggles. And Jesus is asking you today, do you want to be made well? That might seem like an unnecessary, even ridiculous question, but it's relevant for the man and it's relevant for us today. Look at verse 7. Jesus said, do you want to be made well? And the man says, sir, I have no one to put me in the pool when it is stirred. He didn't even ask Jesus' question. And Jesus would have said to me, do you want to be made well? Absolutely. Oh, no, and there's nobody to put me in the water. You know, I've been trying to get down there, and somebody knocks me over and gets there before me. Can't get to break. Jesus asked no more questions. In response to this man's story, Jesus says, look at verse 8, get up, take up your bed, and walk. Now, listen, if you don't learn anything from this story, you can learn this. This man's healing has nothing to do with, listen, I repeat, has nothing to do with religion. Can you say a better amen than that? This man's healing has nothing to do with his faithfulness. This man is not faithful. He's not anything. He's not a believer. He doesn't know who Jesus is. Nothing. This man's healing is simply because of compassion and mercy. It's simply because this situation was so miserable for so long that Jesus has compassion on the man. It's not, I repeat, not the man's faith or righteousness that brought about this healing, but compassion. Somebody once said, pity weeps and walks away. Compassion comes to help and stay. Jesus is compassionate. Can you say amen? I think of, can you clap your hands? How about that? You ought to be happy about it. I think about the woman who was bent over for 18 years. Didn't we talk about this last week? The woman who was bent over for 18 years, and Jesus touched uh, the woman, and the ligaments that never worked are working. Bones that never formed are strengthened. Muscles that were atrophied are worn away and and strong. Nerves are instantly put in place. No rehab, complete healing. I think of Acts chapter 3, post-Pentecost. Peter and John are on the way to the temple for prayer. There's a lame man sitting there at the gate called Beautiful. Y'all know the story. He's sitting there at the gate called Beautiful, and this man is over 40 years old, and he's born with a birth defect, lame all of his life. He's laying at the gate on the east side of the temple, and he's saying, alms for the poor, alms for the poor. And Peter, the Bible says, listen, Peter walks up to the man, the Bible says, and took him by his right hand. And pulled him up and he said, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And the Bible says that man got up, he started jumping and leaping and praising God. This man was happy, y'all, because he was doing something that he had never done in his entire life. And that was stand up. And don't we take little stuff for granted? We get up in the morning and we like, you know, get up in the morning and just jump out of the bed. Don't you know you got up this morning, you jumped out of the bed? It was God who got you out of that bed. It was God who kept your limbs working. And even if they're hurting, amen, my 40-year, 50-year-plus people, that's me. Sometimes I get up. <laughs> I get up some more and I'm like, oh thank you, Jesus.
0: Hallelujah.
1: Where my people at? You know you getting there when, when you start referring to Motrin as candy. We call Motrin candy. Me and my wife and I say, Man, I need to take some I need to take some candy. I'll take some mulch and i go, you want some candy? Yeah, give me some candy. <laughs> you know you're getting there. But it's the Lord who got you out of the bed. It's God who keeps your heart going at night when you're sleeping. You're not keeping yourself alive. God is faithful. Somebody say amen and clap your hands. Will you do that? God is faithful. This man is jumping up. Look at verse 9. I got to come in. Look at verse 9. It tells us immediately. Are you looking at verse 9? And immediately... The man was made well. Not only is Jesus' knowledge of us complete and his compassion toward us is great, but his omnipotent power is immediate. When Jesus speaks, diseased muscles, bones, ligaments, sinew, obey. Think about how complex your body is. I went to the chiropractor the other day and he used this thing on me. I never even saw it because I was face down. There's a lot of faith when you go to a chiropractor. <laughs> Alright? Because he can do stuff to you when you're face down. You can't confine yourself. Amen. I want to turn over and go, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> You don't want none of this. I'm a pastor. I love Jesus, but I'll take care of his business. <laughs> Third service, y'all. Pray for me. And uh so he used this thing on me that, like, and I'm like, ooh, ooh, woo woo ah, what what's that? And he's like, well, it's this thing that, It's like a, it felt like a pizza cutter or something. I don't know, but it had, like, ridges on it. And he said that it, it, it moves the myofascial tissue. And I'm like the myo what a wish what he's like well moves a myofascial tissue and it moves as this net thing over your body under your skin under your adipose tissue that some people have inflammation he went on and on and on and I'm like I started thinking about the complexity of the body and 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 it's like woo God that's amazing that like, that God has made us and and created us um with such detail and 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 He knows every part of us. And and because of that, God can speak to your bones and God can speak to your ligaments and God can speak to your sinew and it must obey because God is the creator of it. Somebody say amen. I'm going write about it. Again, the woman bent over for 18 years. When Jesus touched her, the bones had grown together, muscles in place. She straightens up immediately. When Jesus heals someone, they're really healed. Uh, Did y'all hear me? When Jesus heals someone, they are really healed, and they don't walk around bent over claiming they're healing. And I know they don't walk around saying, well, you know, I know it doesn't look like I'm healed, but I'm healed by faith. I'm telling you, I'm healed. I know it don't look like it, but by faith, I'm confessing it. I'm healed in the name of Jesus. When God heals somebody, newsflash, it's complete, and it's a done deal. And you don't have to confess it. You don't have to claim it. Name it, claim it, blab it, grab it, none of that. Somebody say amen. Amen. Say preach, pastor. I am. (laughs) Because he's God. God does good work. Am I right about it? God doesn't do a half job. When God heals you, you're really healed. It's bona fide and verified. Jesus healed this man after 38 years. He took up his rollaway bed and walked. Look at verse 10. The man rolled up his bed, walked, and Jesus and the Jews were upset because it was the Sabbath. The Jews tell this guy, it's the Sabbath. Why are you healed? I'm like, what do you mean, why am I healed? It's the Sabbath. What are you talking about? I've been crippled for 38 years and I'm healed, and you're telling me it's the wrong day? Uh, I don't think so. It's the right day for healing. Think about it. A man, think about this. A man deprived, that's stuck in my head all weekend. A man deprived of work for 38 years is accused of working too much. Because of their rules. Because according to the Mishnah and the Talmud, which are Jewish ancient writings, they have all the rules and regulations on what's work and what's not work. You can't roll up your bed on the Sabbath because that's work. You can't wear false teeth on the Sabbath because that's carrying a burden. You can't cut a gray hair out of your nose on the Sabbath. Wasn't that too much information? A little bit. On the Sabbath because that's work. Can't pull a gray hair because that's work. Can't walk two doors down to your neighbor's house because that's where they have all these rules and regulations. So this guy rolls up his bed and they say to him, how can you be healed on the Sabbath? You're working. You're breaking the law on the Sabbath. Listen, religious people are more concerned with the burden that he's carrying and they don't care about the burden that has been lifted. He could have said, listen, I didn't ask for this. The guy asked me a question and all of a sudden start, stuff start popping in place. All I know is I look down and I had quads. <laughs> I don't care about all that. All I know, <laughs> all I know is I look down and I had calves. I don't care about your rules and your regulations. They asked in verse 12. Who was the man who said, take up your bed? He didn't know because he had disappeared. Why? Because listen, if Jesus knew him and could see him, he knew where to find him. Look at verse 14. Jesus found the man where? In the temple. Notice he didn't find him at the movies. He didn't find him at Starbucks. He found him in the temple. Why? Because no doubt, here's my sanctified imagination, and I'm going to let y'all go get your little chicken sandwich, all right? My sanctified imagination, I believe this man was in the temple worshiping. That's what I believe he left from there, and I think he went to the temple worshiping. You know why? Because that's who the Father's looking for. Remember John chapter 4? We just read it last week, or the week before that, in John chapter 4. The Father is seeking such to worship. Listen, John, the gospel of John in the Bible, the gospel writings are one contiguous letter where John just started writing. We have chapter and verse, and we go, okay, verse 1, verse 2, chapter 5, chapter 4. Well, John just started writing. John says, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. The Word was with God. He just started writing, and in chapter 2, and then Jesus turned the water to wine. In chapter 3, he met this guy named Nicodemus, and in chapter 4, he met this woman at the Samaria at the well, and and she went off and told people about he was the Messiah and all these other kind of things. In chapter 5, we run into Jesus who is healing a man. It's just one story. So if in chapter four, Jesus is out and he said to the woman at the well, that they that worship me must worship me in spirit and truth for the father seeks such to worship him. Then Jesus is still on a mission to bring people to worship and how he does that. I'm waiting while you clap your hands and then I'll finish. And how he does that is he's moving about, doing the work of the ministry and healing folk, setting people free. And then when they get set free, they don't go to Starbucks and they don't go to movies. They go to the temple and they go and they worship God. Is that good? That's a good thing, isn't it? That's a good thing. And that's what we see. Look at verse 14. Jesus says, see, you have been made well. And then what did he tell them? Sin no more. Obviously, sin had been a part of his original injury or problem. He was bound by sin for 38 years and set free by grace. Jesus would say, my aim in healing your body is the healing of your soul. Jesus said, I have healed you to make you holy. Stop sinning. Jesus warns the man, if he turns away, something worse will happen. Listen, what could be worse than being sick for 38 years? What could be worse than being sick for 38 months? What could be worse than being sick for 38 weeks, 38 minutes, 38 seconds? Nobody wants to be sick. What could be worse than being sick for 38 years? I think hell. That would be worse. Final judgment. What makes me say that? Well, if you fast forward to verse 28 and 29, that's exactly what Jesus says. Do not marvel at this for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come forth. Those who have done good to what, saints? Come on, read it with me. The resurrection of life and those who have done evil to what? The resurrection of condemnation. I think Jesus is talking about final judgment. The world says, you have made your bed, now lie in it. Jesus says, you've made your bed, but I say to you, get out of it. Jesus says, do you want to be made whole? God wants to make you whole. I said all that, just say this. God wants to make you whole. God wants to make you well. Whatever whole means to you. Are y'all listening? Whatever whole, you listening? Whatever whole means to you. Whatever well means to you, whether it's financial wellness or physical wellness or wholeness or mental wholeness or emotional wholeness, economic wholeness, as in financial, same thing. Whatever it is, God wants to make you whole, but you just have to want to simple as that that's all we learn from this text you just have to want to that's it do you want to if you don't want to then he won't
0: you have been listening to salt and light a radio outreach ministry of pastor rodney finch and calvary chapel kerry located in apex north carolina